0: Scripture this morning is from Galatians 5, 1 to 14. It's 190 in the Pew Bible. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. You have been severed from Christ. You are seeking to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. For we to the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Jesus Christ, Neither circumcision or uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view, but the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. But I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. I wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for flesh. But through the love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. The word of the Lord.
1: Our next reading comes from the book of Romans, chapter 14, verses 1 through 22. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike, Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day observe it in honor of the Lord. And those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God. While those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brothers or sisters? Or you, why do you despise your brother or your sisters? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each of us will be accountable to God. Let us, therefore, no longer pass judgment on one another, but resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. I know and am persuaded in the Lord, Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it it unclean. If your brother or sister is being injured by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Do not let what you eat cause the ruin of one for whom Christ died. So do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The one who thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and has human approval. Let us then pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for you to make others fall by what you eat. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother or sister stumble. The faith that you have, have as your own conviction before God. Blessed are those who have no reason to condemn themselves because of what they approve. But those who have doubts are condemned if they eat, because they do not act from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you join with me in prayer? Loving God, we thank you for gathering us in worship this day, that you have knit us together as your beloved community, that those who are present and those that are absent are a part of your community and they are surely missed. We ask that you send your spirit among us this day, that whether through me or in spite of me, your word may be proclaimed and heard, and that we may be transformed in its hearing, we ask this all in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. This week was difficult for me. This this bumper sticker uh, slogan that maybe you've heard before, maybe not. It's not one that you might see on bumper stickers. Not all of them are readily available on stickers, but they're those pithy sayings. God doesn't make mistakes. As we've been going through these last few weeks, at least for me, I generally try to find the positive in what that, the phrase is, and then go, well, what does it mean if we take it a little further? And on face value, how could we possibly find anything negative from this idea that God does not make mistakes? Let me share with you the first time that I came across this saying, and it was worded a little different, and you'll forgive my grammar, but I'm quoting it. I was in high school at the time. Now, in middle school, especially in part of high school, I was not a popular person. In fact, I really didn't have a lot of friends. I was lonely. My mom worked evenings, uh, uh, the, the evening shift from 3 to 11. And so I was often home alone in our apartment uh, after school. There was a few activities I was able to do. I went to Scouts one night a week, but for the most part, most of the time I was alone. I was also feeling alone in school. I didn't like I said, I didn't have many friends. People teased me a lot. I was bullied and picked on. Um, I was physically injured by a fellow students. This was me. And when you go through all of that loneliness, you start wondering if it's about you. When you're picked on a lot, you start internalizing what they're saying. You start wondering, am I a mistake? Did God mess up when he made me? Didn't quite ask it that that way at the time, but thinking back. you Start asking all of these questions. Did God make a mistake with me? And that there, it again, starts eating at your spirit, eating at your sense of who you are and, and any value that you may feel like you have. So it was in this context, that I, in high school, that I finally went to a, a festival, a, a Christian music festival. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. It's out in the mountains of Pennsylvania, out west, uh, called Creation Festival. There's about forty to 50,000 people converging on these, this valley, uh, in the mountains, and they're camping there. They have a makeshift stage up. They have speakers and musicians throughout the week. I had gone with uh, one of the few friends that I had, I would, and one of the speakers gave this talk of God. Go, God don't make no mistakes. Now the double double negative there really uh, messed with me, uh, or messes with me now. But his point was this, that God does not make mistakes. There is no way that you are a mistake. There is no way that your existence is a mistake. There is no way that who you are and who God made you to be is a mistake because God doesn't make mistakes. This is incredibly positive uh, to hear from someone who wondered if their existence was a mistake. And I know that there are people out there now who are told that either their existence is a mistake or the way they, who they are is, is wrong. And, 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 and there are other people who have it so much worse than I did, wondering that same question. So if God doesn't make mistakes of who we are and who God has made us to be cannot be a mistake, then how in the world does this idea come about that people made in the image of God are mistakes? Are broken, are wrong. I think to answer that we've got to go back to a, a few months back. One of this ideas that was presented in one of the parables we covered: the wheat and the tear. I think in the, the the mistakes that we find, the mistakes that we try to define, that's all on us. We're the ones who are trying to decide which of God's parts of God's creation are good and holy and just and which parts aren't and which parts are, are mistakes and which parts should be undone. And we're making that distinction. And we're really, really bad at it. Because generally, what we affirm as good, what we affirm as right, as what we affirm as not a mistake. Are the things most like us? The things that people, the the people who believe like we do, the people who look like we do, the people who live like we do, the people who worship like we do. These are the ones that are right, and that's good, and anything outside of that is wrong or a mistake. When we make ourselves the center, when we make ourselves the decider of what is good and what is bad, what is right and what is a mistake, what is whole and what is broken, when we take that on ourselves and then do injury to other people because of that decision, we are hurting our brothers and sisters. And as much as we think we're doing good, as much as we think we're doing what is right and proclaiming it and deciding it, Sinning in the in the process. Going back to that parable that we talked about, the weeds and the tares, where, where where a field had been planted and it was full of wheat, and then the uh, the, the devil or or something came behind and planted weeds. And there was this I the, the 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 farmers asked the landowner, Should I, should we go and pick out the weeds? Should we go and remove what shouldn't be there? And the and the farmer, the landowner who who in this story stands in. Jesus' place says, No, you will damage the wheat in the process. How much more so can we, does this work speak to us now in this particular topic of mistakes and, and who is whole and who is welcome when we make this decision and we base it on our own preferences, our own sense of normal, and we want to rip out anything that's different? We end up ripping out what is good and what is whole. In this passage from Paul, we get this other sense. We have these people who are disagreeing on what it means to, to what you should do to follow God. We have in Galatians, whether you should be circumcised or not. And there was somebody going around uh, teaching and proclaiming in Galatia that in order to follow Christ, you also have to be circumcised. And Paul was making this uh, 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 direct statement, this, this, this strong statement that, that if you're going to be circumcised to follow Christ, if that's the reason you're getting circumcised, then you've already placed yourself under the law and you've got to live that way and you will be judged that way. And then he goes on and says, circumcision, whether you're circumcised or not, has no bearing for our fate, our, our salvation comes from Christ. We go to the Romans passage where he's talking about food and drink and other actions, whether you honor a particular day, Sunday or, or Saturday or another uh, day, and say that is more holy than the rest or not, whether you should be eating foods that have been sacrificed to idols or not, all of these decisions. And people were coming to the conclusion that whatever they were doing was, is right, and whatever anybody else did separate from that was wrong. And we have Paul tearing that distinction down. says, whatever you do, whether you eat um, food or, and you eat meat or you don't and you only eat vegetables. Uh, apologize to my vegetarian friends from this passage. can can sound pretty harsh if you only eat vegetables. Um, but it's there. <laughs> Take with it what you will. So whether you eat meat or only eat vegetables, whether you eat meat that was sacrificed to, to, to idols, or you don't, whether you drink or you don't, whether you honor a particular day of the week, or you honor God every day of the week, these distinctions don't matter. They aren't what define you as right and good and whole and, 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 and not. You can't say that one is the right way and one is the wrong way. Because both are, as long as both, everyone is doing it in a way that honors God and for the purpose of honoring God. Paul's teaching in this passage is mostly about conviction. If you're doing it to the Lord, do it with con- conviction. But don't judge others in the process. The only condemning words that he has are at the end. When he says, if you're not doing whatever it is that you're doing out of love for God and honoring God, if you are unconvinced that what you are doing is honoring to God, then that's when you're in trouble. Because you're no longer doing it out of faith. So this saying, of God doesn't make mistakes, is great. It, it, It gives hope to those who believe that they are a mistake, that their existence is wrong. And the church has done a really bad job of telling people that their existence is wrong. I mean, we don't have to go so far to to find the statistics that that a person who uh, uh, is gay, lesbian, or, 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 um, or other is more likely to commit suicide if they're a part of a church than if they're not. There is something fundamentally wrong with how we are treating our uh, fellow human beings if people are more likely to die by suicide when they are in a church community than when they are not. And it comes down to us trying to define the boundaries of God and saying God must work within these bounds, and anything outside of that cannot be how God works and, nobody is, and though if you're outside of that, you're not welcome. But if I had to put... You know, if I wasn't a Methodist, and, I wasn't, uh, and gambling wasn't something we were supposed to avoid, if I had to put money on something, it would be this. That what we hear from Christ over and over again is the fruit. Do we bear good fruit? You can tell a person whether they follow Christ or not, you can tell a, a person where they are connected and who they are connected to, whether they are a person of God or not, by the fruit that they bear. And we can see this a little bit in Paul's passage today. That if what we do brings harm, no matter our intentions, if it puts a stumbling block in for, before someone else, and we are not bearing good fruit, and we are failing at our task. But if we can come together in our diversity, even diversity of opinions, and seek to honor God and give life, and proclaim good news, and be open to the fact that how God works in our world is not defined by us. Who God has created and how they have created them is not limited by our own understanding of how God works in this world. But instead, we can look at the diversity of creation, the diversity of people, the diversity of thought, of belief about who Christ is and how to follow Him, and everything else. And we can come together and recognize the fruits that we bear and know that no matter what, In Paul's words of whether we eat meat or vegetables, honor a day, or honor the week, where our own terms define who is in and who is out, define who is created by God and not. Spoiler alert, I personally feel that all people bear the image of God, however they're made we can come together in that variety and that diversity and see that we are seeking to honor Christ in it all and in that diversity, then we truly can be a miraculous people that can shine hope and light into the darkest places of our world, that can challenge the idea that somebody is unloved by God because of who they are, where they were born, or who they love that can challenge the idea that they, because of something they have done or left undone, they are no longer a beloved child of God. That the expansive love of God will hold us up, as Paul says in this passage. The expansive love of God, when we stand before the throne, he will uphold us. For none of us can stand on our own. All of us will make mistakes in belief and practice. but if I had to make a decision, if I had to stand somewhere, if I stand before the throne of God, I'd rather say I got my theology wrong, but out of a love and desire to care for someone that is hurting, than I hurt them say that I hurt someone so that I got my theology right. Each of us has to come to some conclusion there, to some position. We can't but do elsewise, elsewise, otherwise. Sorry. We have to come to that decision for ourselves. That when we stand before the throne of God we will need to be upheld by Christ. Nobody arrives there blameless. And in that sake, which one will I be more embarrassed by less hurt by when Christ has to stand in I know where I stand you may stand somewhere else but in the conversation and in the living and the working out our faith with fear and trembling as a diverse community of God we can work together as iron sharpens iron so that we might live boldly into the world sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And in that world, we see the diversity of creation, and we live into the freedom that Christ offers. Amen.